Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Right across South Australia, welcome to Sports Day SA. This is a summer edition on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And you'll hear Sports Day each weeknight from 6pm. And with me, Paul Bonzer. And tonight, my very special guest host is the Premiership Coach for Nord. He likes me saying Premiership Coach. Jade Rawlings, Twig, welcome back to Sports Day. Thanks, Bonds. Happy New Year. Oh, yes, yes, we haven't seen each other since then. So, uh, um, you have a nice little uh, break over Christmas and New Year, did you? Yeah, I did. We went back, I went back to Tassie on the 21st or 22nd, and uh, we got back today, actually. The family's moved over today. So, we, oh, great. Uh, moving to a new house tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a life change for us, but. I love Christmas. It's a great time of the year. The phone can generally be turned over and not dealt with, which is a good, <laughs> That's right. good way to change up. But, yeah, really enjoyable time. And as won't surprise you at all, the weather was amazing down in Tassie. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, we are sitting in the chairs of David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be with you come footy season. Just before the footy season, Wilds and Blighty will be back. And we've got a big show uh, tonight. We're going to talk about the squad for India. The Australian cricket squad has been named... Uh, to tour India. We're going to wrap up a big strikers win last night at the Adelaide Oval. Chris Nelson from Racing Queensland will join us. And from the Adelaide Footy Club, looking forward to talking to Sam Berry. A good young player, isn't he, Twig? Really impressed with Berry. I think he's been one of the pick 28 from a couple of years ago that's developed and they've given time to that he plays most weeks, especially in his second year, and he plays the right way. He just looks like he'd be a great teammate and they're looking forward to hearing from him. And if you've got any, uh, you want to be part of the show, you've got any questions about the Aussie squad, if you've got any comments, you can give us a call, 1300 736 736, or you can text in on 0427 154 166. And we'll get straight into our hot topic. And our hot topic's brought to us by Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. You can book online at repcoservice.com. And let's have a look at this Aussie side tweak. So it was announced today, an 18-man squad to tour India for the Test Series. So I'll just go through that. Pat Cummins is captain, Steve Smith is vice-captain, and then we've got Ashton Agar, Scott Boland, Alex Carey, Cam Green, Peter Hampscomb, we'll talk about him shortly, um, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Usman Kawaja, Manus Labashain, Nathan Lyon, Lance Morris, the quick, gets a berth, Todd Murphy, the young spinner from Victoria, Matthew Renshaw, Mitch Stark, Mitch Swepson, and Dave Warner. Your initial thoughts on that, Scott? 18 man was the thing that caught my attention initially. I can't remember a tour where we've gone beyond 15. Like yeah, they picked the extra spinner. and Yeah, I didn't know if there were regulations on what you can select. I'm just wrapped that Murphy's in there. I think he's a belter. I've watched him bowl quite a number of times at Big Bash. I've yes. watched him play for Victoria in the Shield, and I would say that he's more advanced as a spinner now than when Nathan Lyon first started playing test cricket. Probably a fair comment. And he's just got this good temperament. He's smart. He's got variations as an off spinner. I think it was a great selection. The Agar one 
was he got the opportunity in Sydney. One test shouldn't really define whether you're good enough to bowl it or go to India or not. But obviously, by playing that game, I think it was pretty well established he was going to be going. But the four spin options are a good one. I'm pleased that Morris gets a go. He's lively. Everyone's pretty keen to see him, I think. But the only – I think Renshaw's made runs. Hanscom's made runs. So it's the strongest language is when you make runs in cricket as a bat, batsman. So – Marcus Harris touring around with the... Yeah, a little, little bit unfair on Marcus Harris. He's been there for probably almost 18 months as the backup opener and uh, toured for the whole summer with the squad and he misses out on the back of Brentshaw, who's probably just got a bit more flexibility, can bat yep. up and down the order. Yeah, it looks like he might have varied his batting position with Queensland. Because yes. Sometimes you can just define as an, you're just an opener, but I think I do recall seeing him bat at five and Yeah, six. He's, he's gone up and down the order. He's bat at three, he's bat at four or five. Uh, so he's just added, I get another couple of strings to his bow. Tough week for Harris. Gets doesn't make India and gets absolutely torched on a run out by Sam Harpy, though not for the Renegades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's strong. Like You keep listening to the narrative from our players that they something special, best group I've ever played with. And you feel like it's getting stronger. If Murphy comes in, he gets the bowl with line. That's a seriously dangerous, potentially dangerous attack. Um, Swepson's proven himself to be a reasonable bowler in the subcontinent. So our batting's got real strength. It'll get tested in India. Was it how many tests? We won one test in the last four yes. series over there. So probably no bigger test outside of our rivalry with England, which is obvious when we go over there. But as far as a challenge to go and play in India for us is very challenging. Peter Hanscom back in the side as the reserve keeper, uh, mainly on the way to runs. He's made in the shield for the last couple of seasons, uh, which means Josh Inglis misses out. He was the last, uh, I guess, backup keeper uh, to Alex Carey, who's, who's had a fantastic summer. And, and obviously Hanscom probably doesn't get a look in unless there's an injury to maybe a batter. or. Um, but uh, well done to Pete Hanscom for winning his side back in. Correct, Bonds. I love Spot seeing people fight back. Renshaw and Hanscom were done. Well, they both got in at a similar time, I think, after that infamous yep. South African test down in Hobart. Had their little stint. Hanscom's technique was found out from what the experts tell us. But to fight back and say, no, no, I'm going to go work on my game. I'm going to perform. He's number one that runs for the Shield season up to the Christmas time. So we spoke before about runs as the greatest form of language to the selectors these days, or it has for a number of years. So, but he did, he copped an incident last night. He was playing uh, premier cricket in T20 and he got hit in the midriff and, it, yes. and it, he went off and he looked ordinary. So hopefully it doesn't get in the way of him going to tour. No, let's hope not. Um, George Bailey spoke about the selection of Todd Murphy. Let's have a listen. You had a few people mention that they sort of forget that he's, that he's 22. He's got a good head on his shoulders, uh, really hungry to learn. Wonderful um, competitor. When he has the ball in ball in the hand, he always wants to impact the result. So he spent quite a bit of time around a lot of the, the guys. He's um, he's a familiar face. He fits in really well, and you know someone that the, the group's really excited to have around. A great opportunity, and yeah, it's always always a real thrill to have uh, new players in the squad. George basically saying what you said. <laughs> yeah, well, Murphy he bowled against the Thunder the other night. Four overs of high quality. Yeah, it was a good game, but he. He just showed he's got a temperament. He can bowl under pressure in the power surge or folks were going right after him. He's just got a way to contain. And But he's taken 14 wickets in the shield. Like there's three spinners, I think, in the top 15. If he's the highest amount of wickets taken. So it's, once again, reward for performance. And, yeah, I love hearing that he's a competitor. If you're going to go into these situations overseas, which is nothing other than uncomfortable and confrontational in dealing with the 
the challenges that certainly India will present, you've got to be up for it. And it sounds like he is. The positives, even if he doesn't play a game in India, the positives of taking Murphy on this tour, your thoughts? I'm a huge believer in it. Like People might think it's a bit flippant taking someone on tour. Like, go back to a football situation. A kid who's been drafted, who hasn't played a game yet, goes to interstate to go to, for his team to play against West Coast. And he gets to see how you go, how you travel, what do you do, what do you... When you land, how do you go about preparing? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How is it different? Because I remember 1996, my second game was to go and play in Brisbane. And all I did was watch other players as to what to do because no one gives you a manuscript saying how to Correct. travel. So it'll be very good for young Murphy. Um, Marnus, Labashane and Travis Head, uh, here's their thoughts on touring. That's where we want to win. That's where we want to make our name is uh, winning India away. My game has always been structured around playing spin and, and I've had that thought around that for a long time. So it'll just be execution. I've been really happy with the way I played spin in the last couple of months uh, in Australia. Obviously a different challenge going away, but it's still a little red thing coming down at you and um, I'm pretty relaxed around that and hopefully I can put myself in the best position to make runs. Uh, I'm slowly getting better. I'm continually working on it here and there. My biggest priority is getting runs and working on the batting. Um, but if I can play a role, I can play a role. And um, Ashton Agar has copped probably a bit of criticism this week unfairly. His brother stuck up for him today too. It's been very harsh. Um, I thought he bowled actually quite well. I think it's easy to fall fall into the feeling of you expect everyone to be Nathan Lyon. Um, people take time to develop in the game. Um, he's only played a certain amount of test cricket um, and he's coming straight off 2020 cricket. Um, he's got so much skill. The wickets are different in India, and you've got to remember that he's supporting Nathan Lyon. He's not Nathan Lyon, and I'm sure um, he got picked in the squad today, and um, we're really proud of him, and if he gets his chance over there, he'll, he'll be fine. He's a very relaxed character, but, yeah, I think sometimes the media are quick to judge, and um, hopefully he can prove them wrong. Got a text in uh, while we're talking there. I won't be watching the Indian Test Series, all four tests with the ball turning square and going through the surface on day one. Independent people should be producing test wickets. I think that's from Mario from Maslin's Beach. Um, I'll be watching. I'll be watching every ball. It's actually a good time slot, the Indian. Yeah, it is. It's like three o'clock start in the afternoon, so you can sit there and watch it You can get it at all night. sorts of strife with your wife to sit around watching cricket in the late arvo into the early evening. <laughs> right, get some brownie points up I, now. I love what Wes Agar did, mate. Yes. Blood, blood's very thick when it comes to someone. If you want to get an emotional response, go to a family member if there's been criticism of a sports person. But the way he worded that, I really admire him for sticking up for his brother. Yeah, great stuff. You're listening to Sports Day SA, the summer edition on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. And we're filling in the chairs of uh, David Wildey and Blighty. They'll be back just before the footy season. Strikers had a fantastic win over the Renegades. There was a uh, Renegades were a game ahead of them. They Renegades were sitting third. Strikers were sitting fifth. They swapped after last last night's win. Two hundred and two. They made off their twenty overs. Four for two. I two. Uh, Chris Lynn, outstanding, wasn't he? He's been an incredibly um, positive recruit for the Strikers. So I think there was a back end of his time at the Heat. He was just a, a slogger. Like he just yes. stand there and deliver, and he was one of the best in the country at it. And then it just slowly his performance has waned and. Get the feeling it all wasn't kosher up at the Brisbane Heat with him and the organisation, but far out the strikers and have been the beneficiaries. He's been really consistent. He's a rock solid number three. He's performing under pressure. He knows his game well. I think their team's very well balanced. Looks like Menenti has taken the spot of Rashid Kam. 
and uh, Cam Boyce as well. Boyce, so they bought Boyce right. and Menanti yep. in last night. So two spinners as good as Rash. <laughs> the, the Adelaide Oval deck has to be the best one in the oh, country for T20. It's, gr- it's great. The, the ground dimensions add to it because you can score square quite freely and well. But far out the deck is every time it's played there, it's been great. And the weather's been spot on pretty much for every game. And good news for uh, Strikers fans. A uh, couple of blokes might be squeezed into the side. Wes Agar had a chat about Kerry and... Also, Travis Head coming back. Oh, how exciting. Of course, we're going to squeeze him in. I think if we even had oh, an Australian lineup, we'd still squeeze him in. They're, um, they're awesome players, awesome teammates. Um, Hedy, obviously, when he comes in, captains the side and has a great cricket brain, and it's even better now after his experience in the Australian um, setup. So he's uh, smacking with the bat, even in test level. He's making runs that would do, and with a um, off the amount of balls that would be good in T20 cricket. So he's uh, in some hot form and we can't wait to see it come out for the Strikers. God, I love Big Wiz. He's easy, easy man he to love. He looks like the bloke that you'd love to go to the bar with and have a couple of beers. Yeah. He seems entertaining. Uh, yeah, just got a real life about him. I love his energy. So will it be Head, Kerry, probably Nielsen, DeGrondheim? Has he done his hammy? Well, DeGrondheim's done his hammy, yeah. so that – Solves that issue. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Nielsen will step to one side by Kez. Just stands behind the stumps. Just that the bowling balance is probably what they've got to strike. The Who that third quick is with Siddle out, it looks like it's been a bit of a challenge. They might continue with the two spinners. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? So uh, coming up, uh, yeah, they're back at, in third spot. So well done to the strikers last night. Stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Coming up, Chris Nelson from Queensland Racing. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. You're listening to Sports Day SA with me, Paul Bonzer, and we are next to me tonight is the Premiership coach from the Norwood Footy Club, Jade Rawlings. Uh, and you can be part of the show as well. Text in on 0427 Later in the show, we're going to speak to Adelaide Footy Club uh, midfielder Sam Berry. Looking forward to chatting with him, Twig. Um, should be a good chat. Young man on the way up, I think. Merging player. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Um, so stick around for that. And now it's time. Our next guest is brought to us by Queensland Racing. And Queensland is your place to race this summer. It's uh, Chris Nelson. Chris, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. And uh, my friend, we spoke last week and last week you said you'll have more stuff for us this week because the magic millions have started and people are spending some money. They are. Good evening, guys. Great to be with you again. They certainly spent some money today. We've uh, we've broken all records today. We've we've had a filly go through the sales sold today for two point six million dollars. There you go. If you had two point wow. six million dollars, would you spend it on a horse? Uh, no. <laughs> no is the easy answer. What what do, what are they looking to get back? Spending two point six million. Why? Uh, what are you looking to get back from this if you're investing that sort of money? Are you looking to double, triple? Quadruple. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's no certainty that um, that the horse will even get to the races or it will be a good horse. So it's a big risk. But, I mean, what they do, these companies, and this is, you know, Yulong Investments have bought this horse and they'll syndicate it out to many people. 
uh, and then they'll hope for the best on track. And if uh, well, she, if perform, she performs well on track, uh, then she'll go to the breeding barn and hopefully they'll make good money there. A breeding barn is obviously a place that they do tend to make money, but she's beautifully bred. She's a full sister uh, to Sunlight, who won the uh, Magic Millions uh, a few years ago and other Group 1 races as well. And that's why she fed so much money. And she was always going to be the most interesting uh, yearling at the wholesales, and she hasn't let anybody down that to say that's a record. And Chris, has there been a projection that this will be one of the bigger Magic Million sales over a few years? Is this your first clean, uh, non-COVID-affected sales for a couple of years now? We have had sales the last couple of years, and they've sort of been uh, they've been okay. But the numbers uh, look, the numbers are always high at Magic Millions. They just always seem to be the, the highest numbers in all the yielding sales we have throughout Australia. But but they have been a lot of online bidding the last few years because of the issues with people able to come from, able to come from overseas and, and interstate, etc. Uh, but the numbers they're pretty good. I mean, the average we've sold uh, 305 lots so far, and the average price is 292,000 dollars. So that's a pretty big average and a clearance rate of 86.4%. So as they are every single year, no matter if uh, we've got COVID issues or whatever, the numbers are, are still high. You bought many, uh, Chris, yourself? Got a couple there, did you? Yeah, I'd love to. I, I'd be lucky to afford a hair on the tail, really. <laughs> I want to I ask you about the promo that uh, went a little bit wrong on the beach. A couple of horses oh. got loose in the end. Uh, yeah. Probably some really good advertising for the Magic Millions. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was. I'm glad that's that's all that happened because it could have been a, a disaster. But unfortunately, I'm a fortunate. Fortunately, it wasn't. But what we have every year is we have the horses running along the beach. It's a beach race uh, before the Magic Millions Barrier Draw on the Tuesday morning, and and we're all there yesterday. And unfortunately, the tide played a bit of a, a role in it. There wasn't a lot of sand there yesterday, and the water had crept up, obviously, and there wasn't a lot of room. And a lot of the horses were actually running through the water. Uh, there was that much, well, that less amount of sand. So things got a little bit tight towards the end and a couple of the horses uh, dumped their jockeys, who were fine, and went through a, a plastic sort of barrier there and off they went, took off into surface paradise. And as I said, as you said, you would have seen the footage where they were trotting around amongst the traffic. Uh, I can't believe that uh, no one was injured or no horses were injured, but everyone pulled up okay. But frightening scenes, but the horses were back in their paddocks in the afternoon uh, enjoying some carrots and uh, living it up. Chris, can you give us a, an insight of what it's like, the Magic Millions week? It's to us that aren't, haven't been there or maybe don't follow racing. It, I think most people would say they've heard of Magic Millions, so it's obviously been well advertised and publicised, but what makes it unique and what's the vibe, but the, the combination of the sales, but also the racing on the weekend? I think what makes it unique is where it is. I mean, I don't think it would work half as well anywhere else. It's this time of year, which is obviously holiday season, and you get a lot of families, et cetera, go to the Gold Coast for their holidays. Uh, you've got an area there, the track and the sales complex, which isn't far from the main drag of the Gold Coast, so people can easily get around and get over to the races and get to the sales. We have a lot of social events and lunches are on. Uh, yesterday, as I mentioned, the barrier draw on the surface paradise foreshore. That was absolutely jam-packed. The weather was fantastic. It was about 28, 29 degrees. So, as I say, if you picked up the Magic Millions and you transported it into a city, I don't think it would work half as well. I'm sure it wouldn't work half as well. So, it's where it is. Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, have a great weekend and keep enjoying the sunshine up there in Queensland. Will do, guys. All the best to you too. Thanks, Chris. The Queensland Summer Racing Carnival takes centre stage once again this week. Visit queenslandracing.com, sorry, racingqueensland.com.au 
And don't forget the seven-seat Kia Sorento. It's a large SUV. Coming up after the show, we're going to speak to Young Gun from the Adelaide Crows, Sam Berry. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. You're listening to Sports Day SA with Paul Bonzer and Premiership Coach of the Norwood Footy Club, Jade Rawlings. And our next guest is proudly brought to us by Tyre Power. Big's holiday sale is on now. 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Well, that's the thing about, that's what I like about. Yeah, that's the thing about, the thing about And this man is from the Adelaide Football Club. It is Sam Berry. Sam, welcome to Sports ASA. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. So how's pre-season going for you, my friend? Yeah, good, good. Um, all the boys are pretty fit, so training's going pretty well, and it's, it's nice to be back uh, the first couple of sessions of 2023. Is it uh, been a tough pre-season so far? And, and who's leading the pack? Is anyone sort of standing up and saying, look at me? Um, yeah, it's been pretty solid. It's been pretty solid. Uh, I don't think Darren Burgess is going to let us off easy ever. So, um, yeah, no, nah, plenty of work so far, which is good, and plenty more to come. Um, there's a few boys that are firing. Probably my one um, at this point is Luke Pedler. He's got his he's got his body right, and, yeah, he's just looking powerful and fit. So um, I'm training really well. We were talking about Luke Pedler off air. Sam, and he does some stuff that's quite unique and not many people can do. And it seemed though by the end of last year, he was just struggling to get week-to-week games in under his body. So he's been able to get some accumulation of work into his body over the summer, has he? Yeah, I think that's been the key for him. Just obviously struggled a little bit with um, OP in his groins. And um, I don't know, it can be pretty pretty long kind of process. So after two years, I think it's finally starting to go away and touch wood, it doesn't come back. So... Yeah, he's got his power back and um, looks to be in the best nick he's ever been in. And with you, Sam, this is coming into your third season now. and I really like how you play footy. I've seen you play a little bit of SNFL, but a lot of AFL over the last probably year and a half. Now you've got that 25 to 30 games under your belt. Do you feel, it's a strange word, but do you feel comfortable when you step on an AFL field that you know what you're doing, you know your body and your mind can stand up to the intensity of the game? Yeah, yeah, it is... um Especially towards the end of last year, my mindset shifted a lot, obviously, to when you first start. Um, and it's probably more kind of in the direction of confidence and um, just knowing that I can do it. And now my body, I guess, knows it can do it as well. So it's just probably just having that attitude and um, probably rather than being grateful, which I am, obviously, to be there, it's about kind of wanting to you know, have a little bit more impact and, um, yeah, try to take that game to the next level. Yeah, mate, great assessment of how the, that mindset. I love the way you're talking about it's not just, oh, I'm happy to play a game. I'm here to be a seriously good player. Did you establish that through attrition of just playing and training or have you had a, a Nathan Van Burlo or a James Raleigh or a, an assistant coach that's really jumped into your corner and made, made you believe that you can be good enough? Yeah, I mean, there's been a, like, a lot of people that have kind of helped me with it, but I think ultimately it's probably playing um, that kind of gets there, but yeah, the main one's probably Van Berlo. Um, he's the midfield coach, so do a lot of work pretty close with him. And um, he's just kind of give me that confidence and 
um, I don't know, kind of given certain areas to focus on and, um, you know, strengths and weaknesses and things like that. So um, he's been really positive um, for my progression. You mentioned Nathan Van Burley there. I wanted to ask you about Matthew Nix. Pre-season, is he very hands-on pre-season? And do you personally get much one-on-one time with the coach? Yeah, uh, he is. He is very hands-on. Um, I think he's just a footy head and he absolutely loves it. So there's always things to work on and um, he always kind of wants to be there and to see every step that we take. So, But with that as well, I mean, his office is always open and he makes that pretty known. So, um, yeah, when that door's open, that's, yeah, a lot of it's kind of up to you. And um, if you want to go in and chat, he's always happy to. And what about away from footy, Sam? You're a Gippsland boy from Victoria and the three-week break that's mandatory for an AFL player over Christmas, which is a great time of the year. How do you attack it? Is it a family-orientated mindset for you? Is it recreational? Do you really still rip into your training? What's the usage of the three weeks for you? Yeah, it's probably a balance. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, obviously, I go home, um, back to Maffa and Gippsland, which is I absolutely love doing Um and, I mean, a lot of people, especially at Christmas time, are home. So not not often is kind of the family together. Um, so it's a great time to spend a bit of time with them. Um, and also training as well. There's obviously a few few new boys now that have been um, drafted out of Mafra over the West Coast. they Max Noble and Kobe Bergill. So it's good to do a bit of training with them while they're, while they're back as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's literally just a balance of catching up with friends and family and training. What about uh, prior to footy? Were, as growing up, did you have other sports you were good at? Because obviously you're pretty good at footy. Was there other sports that uh, you were you were playing when you were younger? Uh, I played a lot of basketball probably till I was 15 or 16. Um, prior to, I moved to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, I played a heap of that, which I absolutely loved. But I kind of got to a point where it was one or the other because, yeah, it tends to be like that. Life gets pretty busy and school and everything like that. So, no, I, I love basketball. Yeah, it's a good sport. Um, I also want to ask you about uh, Rory Sloan. Obviously, Crows fans will be keen to see Rory go around again this season. How's he looking? And uh, he's obviously has a great presence at pre-season training. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have him back out the track. He's, he's so good to train with. Um, he's just so vocal and... I know really wants the team to get better, so it's great to have him back out there. But he's um he's in really good shape. Um yeah, I mean if I'm correct, there's no real problems. Um and he's fit and he's probably the strongest he's ever been. So um yeah, he's he's tracking along really well. It will be a challenging midfield to break into would have thought outside of the current group who probably finished off the year for you guys, Sam with Rory coming back. Uh, young Zach Taylor's a nice player. Matty Crouch, I'm pretty sure, would be hungry to get his spot back. Jackson Hately is someone else who's been in and out of the team. It's going to be a pretty competitive environment to be first up mid at Adelaide in 2023. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I think, yeah, especially at this point, obviously you all want to be playing in there. So, um, I mean, every, everyone at training is just pushing each other um, and it's really competitive, which, I mean, for, for a team perspective, I think it's really, really positive. Chatting with Sam Berry from the Adelaide Footy Club. Sam, you're regarded as a tackling machine. It's a big part of your game. Is that something that's always been with you through juniors to where you are now? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, something I never really consciously focused on too much. just kind of naturally happened. So, yeah, that's probably always been one of my strengths. But I guess coming into this year now, there's a few other 
things that I'd like to improve on a little bit more in my game. What about Isaac Rankin, the big recruit for the Crows? Uh, how's he slotted in at the club? Yeah, really well, really well. He's a very likeable guy, um, which is good. So one of one of my locker buddies, which is fantastic. But yeah, he's just super crafty um, and young know, just on the track, getting the train. You just see how talented he is and what he's going to do for us. Sam, just one other that's been topical with Adelaide in recent days is obviously the departure of Fisher Mackesy. Uh, it's a challenging time when you see a player who's, especially that first-round draft pick, I think you'd probably appreciate with blokes around you, that stigma that comes with being a first-rounder and expectation. And do you, did the club speak to you guys about the departure and how it was handled? Were the playing group comfortable that that was probably the best for Fisher? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talked to about it. And I think the main thing is that, I don't know, it's the best decision for Fish um, in the end. So... Um, I mean, as long as he's happy and, and things like that, that's the most important. Um, and obviously, yeah, we're all very understanding of his current situation. Seems a, to be a time at the club where if you're a young footballer, it, it's a pretty exciting time. And I just want to get your feelings on how you feel about this as well. Guys like Phil Thorpe, Saligo, Rochelle, Fogarty, Hamill, uh, yourself, um, there's a good group of young footballers there do you think you've got the right mix to carry you forward and have some success in the near future? Yeah, definitely. I think of the names you just list, it's, it's pretty diverse as well. Um, we're kind of not all sitting in one position. So, I mean, Fogg's shown what he can do. I think, obviously, the best of Tilthorpe is still to come. Um, and players like Rochelle, Saligo, um, there's just, yeah, there's so much, I guess, potential laying in there, like, ready to unfold. And probably with a little bit more experience as well, we'll all just kind of develop and get a little bit, that little bit better. So um, it is really exciting. And, like, we're, we're all super excited for what the next next year holds, especially but beyond that as well. And who's the main competitor for you, Sam? You're an established senior player now. But when it comes to training and uh, midfield training, quality time, who do you really find yourself bodying up against at stoppage and working, competing against around the ground amongst the mid-group? Um, probably recently, Harry Schoenberg a lot, which has been good. Like, he's a his change of pace, um, out of stoppages and things like that. It's just it's super quick. So um, he gets me running a lot as well. But especially in that stoppage kind of area, um, yeah, we like, both love to compete. So that's always a fun matchup. What about on the other side of the fence? Speaking about competitors, who's your best mate at the club? Do you hang out with a couple of the blokes uh, frequently? Um, well, I live with Lukey Pedler, so um, I hang Is that out a clean with household between uh, you and Luke? Uh, our rooms are very different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot cleaner, I'll uh, say that. Not to throw him under the bus. <laughs> but yes, you're under the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, look. We wish you, uh, we wish you all the best. It's going to be a really competitive season for the Crows. I think most people think they're uh, going in the right direction with Matthew Nix in charge and a fantastic group of young talent there. So uh, we wish you all the best for the season and thanks for joining us on the summer edition of Sports ASA. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, lad. Good luck, Sam. You're listening to Sports Day SA, the summer edition on Cruise 1323 and SEN 1629.
was a good chat with Sam, wasn't it? He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. You watch a guy play footy and you try not to align how they play as to what type of person they be, but it just befitted him. He's a competitor. He looks honest in his endeavours. He looks like a good teammate and that jumped off across the microphone to me in particular. He's got that country feel about him too, the country boy feel. Um, I, I just like the way he attacks the footy. He's hard, no fear. No, he doesn't. And he's got more to add to his game. I was really pleased to hear him talk about other layers he wants to add because, as you asked him, he can be recognised as a tackling machine and that's yes. a pretty good point of difference. But what else is it? That's what, when we started going through the names, the depth of that midfield, they're going to have, have to have a point of difference as to why you get picked out of other people and what do you bring to the table that's going to be able to stand up under pressure each week. Paul Wanza and Twig Rawlings with you. And we're we keeping the chairs warm for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be back just before footy season here on Sports Day SA. Um, Twig, the Australian T20 World Cup squad for the women was announced uh, a couple of days ago. And Meg Lanning is back as captain. I'll just go through the team quickly. Alyssa Healy, Darcy Brown, uh, Ash Gardner, Kim Garth, the Irish international, now an Australian international. Heather Graham, Grace Harris, Jess Jonathan, Alana King, Talia McGrath, Beth Mooney, Elise Perry, Megan Shute, Annabelle Sutherland and Georgia Wareham back in the side. She did her ACL and has just played the one game since doing her ACL. How long ago was the ACL? October 21. Yeah, right. It's interesting. In AFL, it's obvious 12 months. It's just known. People have tried other ways and probably hasn't stood up. But it's interesting with different sports how you can come back. Yeah, the leg spinner just playing one game. And uh, back in that Australian squad. So Amanda Jade Wellington from SA, a little bit unlucky to miss out, but it's a pretty strong lineup. Um, they have to play New Zealand first up as well. So I think they play Pakistan in a couple of warm up games and off to South Africa. So we wish the girls all the best. It's great to have Meg Lanning back. It is. Whenever you hear personal reasons, the, the mind wonders as to the challenges that individual may be having, but she's a genuine leader. Like you just look at her, she's a controlled. In the field, she's got an edge about her, obviously can perform as a, a bats, bat, batter. Uh, you really like her. But the other thing I was going to make comment was, Bonds, the quality of all-rounders we have in the women's <laughs> yeah. Talia McGrath is an absolute star. Hasn't she just taken leaps and bounds in the last two seasons? Incredible. And Annabelle Sutherland is a yes. star. And Elise Perry's already established. So the quality of all-rounders in that squad is really high level. Hey, at least Perry's interesting. She sort of fell out of favour with the T20 side uh, maybe 18 months ago and worked her way back in and playing some very good T20 cricket now. But So that's the Australian T20 squad. Um, Melbourne Victory um, have been fined by Football Australia. They've come down pretty hard on Melbourne Victory, or have they? Uh, after their disgraceful behaviour of their fans, they've been fined... $550,000. A total of 450000 fines will go to Melbourne City for $150,000 in damages that happened to the stadium, which absolutely fair enough. A fine payable to Football Australia of 150000 and then a suspended fine, should anything happen again, uh, of $100,000, and that's for three years. There's also a suspended, um, I guess... 10-point deduction suspended. So if anything else happens again, uh, they'll lose 10 points straight away. Do you think that's enough, Twig? I don't like to answer a question with a question, but I'd like to say you do. i got the feeling <laughs> you don't. So I'll answer it for you. You don't. I I find it a very odd situation. I thought it was horrific what we saw. And Melbourne Victory were 
and maybe in the future can still be one of the most powerful clubs in Australia. And I was lucky enough to rub shoulders when I was at Melbourne Footy Club. We used to share the Amy Park facility. Yes. Melbourne Storm, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne Demons. Terrific environment because you got to see all the different high-level sports people in action and the coaching and just the environment was unbelievable. But when you as an organisation get penalised for what your supporters do, I find this unique uh, as a club. So when Melbourne Storm got lost the premiership and lost points, they were in control of that. They made administrative errors, which will Correct. be found guilty. When your supporters, on your behalf, put you in a vulnerable situation, I feel for the managing director, is it uh, Carnegie, the, the female Caroline? Yeah, we, we, Caroline Carnegie, we've got a, a bit of audio from her, so let's have a listen to that. Making sure that these sorts of things don't happen again means working, and you would have heard FA have announced a, a task force in relation to this moving forward, and we need to work with all of the stakeholders. So security, you know, the, the derby was an away game for us. The security certainly wasn't um, controlled by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to work with security, police, the stadium, the league and Football Australia to make sure that we're all on the same page of eradicating this sort of behaviour. I think it would be remiss to, to say whilst that was absolutely deplorable, 99.5% of Melbourne Victory supporters and members have never put a, a foot wrong. So I, I want to be really careful in not lumping in the people that have always come and supported in a safe manner with, with those that did actions that no one could ever condone. And that's exactly what you were saying. How do you control it? It's a small group of supporters that's done this, but the club has to pay for it. Because that core supporter group, they look at their own supporters and go, you're killing this for us. It's, that's what happens with everything. One bit of bad behaviour can reflect badly on a whole heap of people and it's not reflective of the core challenge or issues at hand. But I think she's been terrific. She's strong. I think she's Agreed. Uh, articulate things really clearly, uh, stoic in representing her club, but also putting the hand up and say, we didn't get this right, even though I don't think the club should be held as responsible. So I didn't understand, I probably didn't have a pre-existing view on what the penalty would be appropriate, mm. but I found it a little bit like the, the point deduction thing was strong. Uh, the suspension, I think, could it have been stronger with really taking something away that hurts you the most. Which that, is- That's my thought. Yeah, that's my thought is they may be – and maybe it's not 10. It could have been a couple of games. They could have taken those points away and, uh, yeah. Well, the other one is the game resumes as a 1-0 lead to Melbourne City. Is that right? At the 21-minute mark? I think they're, that's what I read. They're talking about that. Yeah. I, to me, the game's done. Like, I, I agree. I think we're going to incite potential more uh, unruly behaviour if we go back to that game. I, when, when it's run and done like that and it got – I think it got cancelled. It didn't get postponed. It got cancelled. Yes. The way it ended. So that's yes. just personal view. I, I, I think Melbourne uh, Melbourne City get the points and that's it. Um, but, yeah, I would have liked to see, I guess, the the victory just lose a couple of games because that hurts the supporters too. And maybe get, that gets the message through to the idiots that went on the field. I'm not sure it does, but maybe it does. Well, this goes deeper as well. It's an in-season challenge. They have to deal with the deduction. But recruitment and retention. So as yes. a player, how do you feel about your supporters coming onto the ground and behaving like that? And one of the greatest challenges when you are trying to run a high-performing sporting club is to recruit them as a challenge. To retain is even harder. And that's what people underestimate, that when you've got them in, why do they want to stay? What's the environment like? And are they proud to play in front of their supporters or do they feel ashamed? Now, I can't speak for Melbourne Victory players, but that's the other layer that can come with this. If you're an international player and this has made news internationally for the, the behaviour got some warts on it for you. Yeah, it does. And uh, I guess the stories will keep on rolling and let's hope that we don't see anything like that in Australian footy ever again.
around football. Now, I want to obviously, I want to chew your AFL brain here, and I wanted to ask you. Bookies came out today and said that Geelong are favourites for the premiership. I'm not sure that's right. A um, couple of people said maybe it's not right, maybe it is. On on your thoughts. starting point, isn't it? Well, the they're pretty good, but uh, can they go back to back? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I, I just think Joel Selwood leaves a massive gap for them. He is. He was the heart of that club and he's no longer there. But uh, your thoughts, uh, just quickly, I'm going to throw this at you. I, I threw it at you just before we went on air. Um, your top eight, possible top eight, who drops out, who comes in? Because that happens every year. Yeah, you're right. And I think that it's rightful starting spot to go to the Premier. And so, so it goes out. There's a lot of ageing veterans at the club, but they've got a model there. Chris Scott is coach and Simon Lloyd is general manager of footy that works. They're happy. They don't – I don't think they're at the club a hell of a lot of time. They're able to develop youngsters. Matthew Egan is a terrific development coach. And so I think with their drafting as well – and they basically got – there was a young Bose from Gold Coast for nothing. They also were able to get a first-round draft pick. They were absolutely terrific what they did post-season. Uh, I've, I think Richmond are the ones. I'm a bit biased, spent some time there – I watch them a lot, but you bring Hopper and Taranto in. They're not just midfield; they're A-grade midfielders walking straight in. And I they, agree. And I think Koch is going to be more selective, probably a Selwood model. He might be a 15-game player this year. And when you get him 15 red height, he'll be great for him. But, but Dion Prestia is a star. I don't know he gets injured a lot, but that midfield, which is at the core of where most premiership teams um, centered around. I think Richmond are a team that could really do some damage this year because I'm a huge Tom Lynch fan and Revolt and Shy Bolton's a, a star as well. And Absolute Nan- star. And Kerbis Fit is one of the best ruckmen in the comp. So there's a lot going for Richmond, in my opinion. I think Collingwood could do some real damage. I think they were unbelievable in 2022. Very well coached. They have a clear, def- identifiable game style. I think even non-Collingwood supporters, which has never happened in my life, <laughs> could say they yes. enjoyed and appreciated They were almost likeable, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, and Bobby Hill, Dan McStay, amongst others that were able to bring in. Uh, Geelong, Melbourne, this is going to be there. Yep. Sydney, it'll be interesting to see how they do with the grand final loss. It can scar individuals and clubs. I We've seen it before them. Over yeah. and over again. There we have. And mm. I think John Longmire's leadership is strong enough to work that group through that. Uh, Brisbane Lions are the team that I think they're good enough to be a top eight team. They're just approaching a period for me which would be, is this the, the last possibility this group could go through to – Is it make or break for them this year, you think? I'd, I'd never define it like that because of the unknown of the future. I don't want to go – not a massive crystal baller. But I just think the Lions are strong enough. They play well at the Gabba. Uh, they mature. They know how they want to play. Fagan's been there five or six years. I'm a big fan of Fremantle. I think they play the right way. They are coming to an age profile now, which is bang on. Two finals for them last year was about right, I thought. Yep. Or did they get three? Anyway, they got through a couple. And Carlton, the other one. I think they're the ones who come in. I just think that they've got so many stars. Like McKay and Kerno, you've got one, two in the goal kicking in your forward line. Yes. And you've got Weedering, who's one of the best key backs. And you've got... Pitney, who's a great ruck, and the Conning supports him. And you've got Walsh and uh, guy called a, Cripps. Cripps is not bad. Brownlow Medal, and then they bring in Blake Akers, who's a very good wingman. And people underestimate the quality of wingmen. So that's the eight I've got at the moment. I'm, I think Port will be dangerous this year. Potentially take a spot from one of those, the Fremantle or Carlton. I think Port are the ones that could uh, jump up again this year. Okay. But I only see one coming in, and that's Carlton. All 
right. So that leaves the Bulldogs out. But I'm and I'm a Bulldogs fan, but I just don't know if they've got the resources to be where they were a couple of years ago. Richmond, Collingwood, Geelong, Melbourne, Sydney, Lions, Fremantle, and Carlton. That's your top eight on uh, in was, January. That was loosely arranged, <laughs> but I'm just to be clear. <laughs> in a big hurry. Uh, toolkit Depot. Everything you need to get the job done in store and uh, online, our good friends at Toolkit Depot. Twig, it's been fantastic to have you in the studio again and co-hosting the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Dan Menzel back on the show. Uh, Brett Ma will be with us tomorrow as well. So don't forget to join us every night on Cruise 1323 at uh, 6 o'clock and also on SEN 1629 SENSA. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.